0: Hey, what's up, and welcome to Serious Issues, the second episode of a weekly comic book uh, podcast. I was going to say series, it kind of is a series. Yeah. It's not, you just don't read it, you listen to it. Uh, a podcast about comic books with uh, reviews by myself, Andrew Levins, and my co host, Shabon Coombs, Hello. a.k.a. CBG, which CBG stands for Comic Book Girl. I forgot again. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me. <laughs> um, thanks so much to everyone that tuned in last week um, to our first episode uh we've already got a handful of reviews and two of them are very nice
1: thank you <laughs> uh, thank you thank you also for the constructive criticism always appreciated
0: no absolutely and uh you know we we'll, we can address that later in the episode <laughs> um today we've got some uh, wild first new issues uh and some uh, other issues uh, we've got we're gonna hear from uh, captain america x-men jughead saga darth vader lots of good stuff on the show right now so uh as we start each week, we're going to review the new number ones and see if we're going to read number two. So, yep. uh, what should we call this segment of, of number ones?
1: Um,
0: first things first? Nice. All right. Good. Cool. Good segment. Amazing. <laughs> um, let's kick it off with X-Men 92 number one, which is a very confusing title. Yeah. Um, what this is, is a callback to the animated series of the X-Men. Um, which from the '90s uh, that you probably didn't watch any of Siobhan? or no? Of course did? I did. I okay, grew up Watching
1: cool. that is it? Is it explicitly referencing that series? I guess it's it that, that kind of comics? fun era. I don't remember Psylocke being in the animated series. Someone feel free to correct. No, you're me right. That, yeah, it's very, it's
0: very much a, a callback to the '90s comics as well. But I, I think when didn't they have a uh, in within Secret Worlds, there was like a, a, a an yeah. X Men comic that like actually was the return to the animated stuff. I thought that's what this was.
1: No, I think it's more just sort of focusing on that really classic um, sort of Jim Lee, Chris Claremont sure. era. And it's written by Chris Sims, who you might know as a comics uh, reviewer and contributor on Comics Alliance. Mm-hmm. That's how I know him. Um, I, really, I really enjoyed this issue. I didn't love the um, Secret Wars tie-in, I have to say. I thought it was a bit of a letdown. But this I really enjoyed.
0: It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like a classic. If you've ever read a 90s comic set in the actual school yeah. for, for mutants, it's just, you know, that they inevitably get attacked and stop doing their school duties and the kids are like, oh, wow, I love going here because Wolverine always gets into action.
1: <laughs> it's the best school ever. So, in this issue, they are um, attacked by what seems to me a very classic 90s style of supervillain, which is... Is the Russians. So I love, I always love Russian superheroes and supervillains because they always have really hilarious, like communist Soviets kind of names, like the Rocket Reds. Yeah, Red something. All that. Um, but so this was pretty classic, lots of like hilarious accents, lots of boi-ja-moi and all that kind of stuff. Um, but really just like a good fun issue. I thought that. Um, I think that Chris M Sims is getting better and better as a comic book writer as he goes along. I think when he first the first couple of issues that uh, he wrote for The Secret Wars Time were a bit sort of too wordy, which right. does kind of fit with that like era, but Absolutely. it doesn't quite work. in that's this. why, that's
0: why I, can't, I can't read go back and read Chris Claire Chris comics. I know that they're regarded by many as the best comics ever, but every single action comes with three speech bubbles describing the action they're about to take, why they're about to do it, who inspired them to do it, and the possible consequences of the action. And And everything that has led them up until this point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um,
1: But this was much more sort of really fast-paced, really fun. If you aren't familiar with like the wider X-Men universe, this is a great issue to read because everyone knows Beast, everyone knows Wolverine, everyone knows Storm. Um, The art's really, really fun, really bright, poppy colours, like, you know, it's, it's nice to see um, a good, fun X-Men story that exists outside of the current sort of continuity, which is a bit more grim for the X-Universe. Sure,
0: but uh, we reviewed one of those last week too. Yes. The worst X-Men ever. So I oh, re- yeah,
1: yeah. So, there's a couple of fun X-Men comics out there. Uh, and, and, I,
0: and I'm not saying there shouldn't be more than just one, but no. <laughs> I definitely, uh, I definitely um, enjoyed worst X-Men considerably more than X-Men 92 number one.
1: Yeah, that's true. I guess they're very different. This is more of a classic Totally, kind of just straight up X Men romp.
0: Yeah, whereas Worst X Men ever is a straight up comedy. Mm. Um, Siobhan, will you be reading X Men ninety two number two? I
1: definitely will.
0: All right, what lock about it you? in, guys. I'll read it. I'll read it. Okay. Yeah. I have to read everything you read right now. We, we mirror each other, so really, you're making the decision for us. Yay! Uh, let's move on to Image this week. They put out a comic by um, writer and artist Jimmy Robinson, who is most famous for his creation of Bomb Queen, mm, who is a risque character. Um, uh, who has not one, but two boobs. <laughs> um, and, and they are something, let she, me tell you. And she can make explosions happen. I've never read book. I've Queen never read it. No. I've
1: I've enjoyed the covers immensely, um, but, but I've not actually. It's, a, it's like
0: a tongue in cheek, sexy superhero book.
1: Yeah, I think it's sort of in the same vein as like Empowered and those style of kind of Sexy superhero, sexy,
0: but aware comics. that it is being sexy yeah. and taking the piss out of that kind of comic as well, while also. still being hugely exploited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is uh, very different to Bomb Queen. This one's uh, called Power Lines Number One, uh, and uh, it's about uh, the power lines that exist beneath the earth and uh, how people, uh, many ancestors many years before us, used to access these power li- lines and. Uh, I don't know. Access the power within them
1: and get cool powers.
0: Uh, so the 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 power lines in this world have disappeared, and um, they have they're making a return um, and giving powers to two very unlikely suspects. One of them is a uh, a young hoodlum in uh, in California, and the other one is a uh, like a boring forty um, something year old white Christian mother.
1: Yeah, with some fairly conservative views and opinions
0: definitely these guys are the classic uh, uh odd couple that's right um it's pretty on the nose um it is a little and the art is very simple um i kind of actually i love some of the face the facial work i was work gonna on this.
1: say i think he did some really incredible character work in really differentiating the faces um but it is a little bit sketchy looking you know i would have liked to see it with maybe some like stronger inks
0: yeah um the story is like you know it's it's racial politics that you've definitely read seen watched Mm. listened to many many times not particularly anything new or groundbreaking there but that doesn't make it any less important to spotlight in in a comic like this No,
1: for sure and i definitely like um the fact that it's all sort of coming back to a Native American kind of perspective and all that sort of stuff, um, but it, it it didn't grab me.
0: No, um, so we have got yeah, it's a, it's a it's a team up book between a young black teenager, um, a conservative white mother, and a potentially centuries old Native American man naked in the woods
1: that actually does sound pretty good now i might (laughs) now i think just on that i think i might actually pick up issue two and check it
0: out i'm gonna check out issue two too i didn't i didn't dislike this one it wasn't like amazing but it definitely kind of set up like a pretty unique take Mm. on uh on the superhero story and uh the you know relationships between different people in in the suburbs
1: yeah interesting to see how that one develops
0: uh, I read number one of Godzilla Oblivion on IDW. This one's by uh, Joshua Hale Fialkov. Oh yeah. Joshua, Joshua Fialkov. I, I, I never pronounced his name right. Uh, I think, but that is what you do on comic is that we do not pronounce no. names correctly. Uh, artwork by Brian Chirilla. Um, now this uh, this is one of many Godzilla comics that IDW have put out in the last. Uh, couple years mm. um i started reading the godzilla comics they do basically six issues at a time of, of they also have like an ongoing godzilla comic as well but they will do these specials and they did one a while ago called uh godzilla half century war mm. written and drawn by james stokoe who like it kind of goes without saying that everything you everything he reads uh, everything he draws and writes you should definitely read because uh, he's incredible um so that was an amazing i think what, what, probably the best thing that i've ever read of his Um, Godzilla Half Century War and everything comes out again since then uh, even though his name is attached to quite a few of it he's always doing covers he actually drew one issue of their last song Godzilla in Hell Um, I'm always disappointed by it Mm. Um, it always tries to be quite high high concept and um, sometimes it succeeds sometimes it's just kind of a chore Mm. Um, Godzilla in Hell not much happened basically Godzilla kind of fought his way through different portals of hell Um, and every and different artist and writer drew and wrote each issue. Right. Um, the it started with um, with Stoko and not much happens, but it's very pretty to look at. Mm. But um, there's no dialogue really. Um, but this one, Godzilla Oblivion, is. Um, basically about um, scientists on our Earth um, working for a corporation, making a device that can go between worlds. They open a portal and they go to a a version of our world where Godzilla reigns supreme and there are monsters everywhere. Godzilla keeps all the younger monsters in check, but in return, humanity has to... Do right by Godzilla, nice. um, or like pretty much avoid him at all costs. And I like
1: the sound of this world. Yeah, how do I how do I get there?
0: <laughs> but so in, in in getting to this world, the um the the scientists realize that they've left the dimension the portal to their dimension open, and um, King Ghidorah, the three headed dragon beast, um, the, the issue ends with him going back to our Earth. Um, this is by no means a great comic, but it is extremely <laughs> fun. Yeah, I was going to um, say that
1: sounds totally incredible and i actually now also really want to read godzilla in hell yeah it sounds hilarious <laughs> i know
0: godzilla is such a great character because yeah. you don't need you know i feel like a lot of authors struggle to make complex personalities for for almost the most brainless you know superhero mm. villains that kind of thing but it's so great that you can just have godzilla like his pea-brained monstrosity um half century war i think was my favorite uh, he put, set up this relationship with a with a soldier from Japan over fifty years. Each every ten, 10 years, it kind of gave you a, a kind of view of this guy's life. His life living with as someone trying to destroy Godzilla. Oh wow! Maybe. Uh, such and yeah, uh, it's just such an incredible story. So I mean, that's a, that's a ten out of ten Godzilla story. This is about a seven out of ten, and hmm. seven out of ten Godzilla stories are still better than other stories. So <laughs> still pretty good. Uh, definitely, uh, if you if you like monsters um, and who knows the, the chaos that they've just uh, brought onto our world. Uh, definitely go check out Godzilla Oblivion. Nice. That is the end of this week's First Things First.
1: That's pretty good, really. Yeah. A lot of like solid number ones.
0: Uh, yeah. So, is it, wait, are we, are we going to read all three of these number ones?
1: I think I am. Because I don't
0: think we, 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 we're not, Yeah. last week we, we took on No New New Number yes. One. Yes. So, great. <laughs> um, let's move on to the regular part of this show, which is a great segment name. <laughs> what about we call this one, Fifth Things Fifth? Because um, we're going to start with issue five of Jughead. Um, Jughead is one of Siobhan's favorite characters.
1: He is. I have him tattooed on my back.
0: Oh shit, you do too. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, why is he your favorite?
1: Um, there's just something—the ineffable quality of Jughead, where he's just like. Uh, how do I even explain this? Like he's so—he's such a laid-back prankster, and nothing really phases him. But he also is like everyone's best friend, you know, like I think something that I've always loved in like the classic um, Betty and Veronica strips is the friendship between Jughead and Betty, which is still really strong, even though, you know, Betty's always trying to date Jughead's best friend, Archie. Jughead will still go like, don't let him treat you like that. Come on, girl, let's go get him back with a sweet prank. That's my favorite thing. So I love Jughead and um, I was nervous about the new series yeah so yeah. For, for
0: those who don't know the archie universe uh reset itself last year we got the main archie comic written by mark wade and uh, new character designs of all the beloved riverdale residents by fiona staples um the first three issues of that series are just perfect comics Perfect comics. Um, and in fact there is a uh i saw it at the king stands this week um there you can buy all three for like like just over 10 bucks. Yeah.
1: They did a really nice, like little collector's edition of the first three issues in one and also the first six issues are now available in trade. So I really do highly recommend picking up, um, Archie volume one.
0: And we can talk at length about Archie next week when issue seven comes out this week, we've got Jughead number five, which is uh, drawn by Eric Henderson from uh, lumberjanes is her comic. Yep. And Chick Zdarsky, uh, most famous for being the artist behind sex criminals is the writer. He also mm-hmm. writes Howard, the duck and captara. Um, Siobhan, I know you're a fan of Chip Zdarsky as an artist, so yes. you were hesitant to be really excited about this book because you don't love, love Chip as a writer, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in the past, I've not. I, I didn't love CapTara. I sort of felt like I liked what he was going for, but he was pushing. Like he was trying to put too much into the book, and everything was too quippy and too silly yeah, and it's too a, funny. It's a
0: very high concept space comedy.
1: Yeah, and How Would the Duck? Um, I enjoyed, but it wasn't one that I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely going to pick that up. But other than that, Chip Zdarsky is like one of my favourite people in comics. Like he's consistently hilarious and he's consistently a really excellent artist on Sex Criminals. And
0: as well as being a great like writer story-wise, he always has an amazing interaction with with uh, on his letters page. And uh, the forward at the end of this book before introducing a bunch of classic Archie comic strips is always like one of my favourite parts of yeah. the Jughead
1: book. He's also hilarious on Twitter.
0: Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> um, so... Fill me in. What's going on with Jughead now? I forget.
1: Um. So I. Uh, he got I, expelled. I just love this. I love yeah. this comic so much. Um. So Jughead was suspended because he accused the um new principal who ousted the Bee, Weatherby, the classic um Archie school principal, and this new principal is called Stanger, and he is trying to um train the Riverdale High students into becoming super spies which sounds mental because the Archer comics are fairly grounded in reality, but the Jughead strips have always had a sort of history of sort of fantasy and like dream sequences and these sequences where they're superheroes and sequences where they're super spies. Um, So that's kind of what this is drawing on.
0: Yeah. And within every issue of Jughead, um, Jughead always always has a a dream sequence. And Mm. like the first one was a Game of Thrones game. Thing which I didn't like one bit.
2: Oh really? But I, I,
0: I, yeah. Whenever it happens, I generally get like a bit frustrated and just wish they would go back to the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I, I loved the dream sequence in this, which is like a superhero. I think because normally the uh, the dream secrets has happened quite early in the book, whereas this waited until about halfway through the issue, so yeah. you could see it reflecting everything that had happened in the book so far. Mm. It was really enjoyable.
1: Very, very enjoyable. And Erica, I don't think it can be stated enough how much Erica Henderson is killing it on this book. Like, she is hilarious. I think the physical comedy is outstanding. I think the little characterization for each character is amazing. You know, they've really, really distinguished Betty and Veronica's faces finally, which is pretty funny. <laughs> But yeah, I just this is I I think I maybe enjoy Jughead more than the main Archie series now. Well, you
0: don't have an Archie tattoo on your back. No, it's true,
1: I don't. (laughs) I know where my allegiances lie.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I love this too, and I'm I'm always baffled at like Erica Henderson deserves props for being one of the most busy people in comics today Mm. too. Because as well as does she write and draw Lumberjanes or just write it?
1: You know, I actually don't know.
0: We should look that up. Um,
1: But she also uh, does the art on Squirrel Girl, the current Squirrel Girl series. Yeah.
0: And 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 draws Jughead every month too. Yeah, that's uh, that's an amazing uh, amount of work to keep up with. So props to you, Erica Henderson.
1: I especially love the bit where they go to the um, Sunny Side, which is like a lo- like nearby town, and like
0: they uh, the equivalent of Shelbyville. Yeah, the yeah, Simpsons yeah. Universe. And they
1: come across like hilarious, like gender swapped versions of all the characters, which is pretty funny. Yeah,
0: especially when Reggie finds Regina. Yeah, that they was just the, very great. Fall in love. I inside. love that the. I feel like the the retelling of, of of Reggie is like my favorite thing of these new Archie books. Just like the outward acceptance that he's just this big jerk and he knows it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love Reggie being like a really unrepentant villain. Yeah,
0: yeah so great, and he and and him just being fully aware of it too is a great new kind of take on the character.
1: Absolutely. And I do love that they're including the classic Jughead strips in the um, back of the issue because they're still... I, I still find them so funny. I don't know I'm alone in that and i am just like got the sense of humour of a old man in his 90s. But yeah. they make me laugh so much. I think it's such classic cartooning.
0: Well, my, my son's name is Archie and when he was born, I actually asked you to recommend me a few classic Archie runs, which mm. I then went and bought. Um, so, where we should do a uh, in the future like a, a, a kind of primer of, oh, uh, yeah. of, of Archie through the ages. I
1: have a lot to share.
0: <laughs> Let's move on to Batman and Robin Eternal. This book was coming out 10 years ago. Siobhan would also have a lot to share about this universe. Mm. But uh, as we stated last week, we're not too keen on the uh, DC New 52 universe. But we've only got one more issue worth of comics to Ooh. stop caring about it. <laughs> um, this is issue 26 of a 26-issue run. Uh We've only read one issue, and that issue is issue twenty-six. <laughs> so we, you should uh, take our judgments of this book at face value. Um, this book came out every week for the last twenty-six weeks. Um, it was written by a huge team of writers and artists, uh, spearheaded by James Tinian the Fourth and Scott Snyder. Um, basically, it is a follow-up to Batman Eternal, which was a I think they ran for an entire year. That yeah, book I think so, yeah. um, about a just you know, a big, great big story about Hush. Again, in the in yeah. the in the, D, D, the new Fifty Two universe, um, this one is more about the character of Robin and all the different Robins that have been Robin in in the DC universe. Um, mm. And it, it, if not Robin, then someone that's worked closely with Batman,
1: like all the the sort of Bat family.
0: Um, the greatest story, at least I could gather, is that Dick Grayson's mother. Um,
1: is it actually his mother, or is it just someone called Mother? That sorry, that's probably not. Um, a question for right the second, but it was one I was interested in. <laughs> let's
0: let's both instead of looking it up, let's both make <laughs> hypothetical decisions on uh, whether we think it's his mother. I think it's his mother.
1: I think it's not his mother because his mother died in the circus ring. Here's a
0: th- here's a question for you. Or did she? What did she? <laughs> mm,
1: please tell us. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, please tell us. Serious issues at kingscomics.com uh, You can be as infuriated as if, you, as if you like as much as you want because uh, we, we're totally offending you if you've actually read every issue of this. Um, there's an overarching plot. This mother character has uh, seemed to have fabricated... Not fabricated, but basically put into motion the deaths of several characters that have... Uh, several characters, that have, the, the deaths of which have had a huge, huge impact on on different Batman characters, um, including Harper Lee. Yep. Harper Rowe. Harper Lee is a famous... Yeah, uh, I was going to say... Harper like, Lee wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harper Rowe um, was a character introduced by Scott Snyder in his Batman run. Um, her mother was killed by this mother character. Or killed no, she was killed by Sandra Kane. Yeah. Heavy. Oh, oh, by the way, spoilers. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, people died and characters are responsible. Apologies if we ruined that for you. Um, I'm gonna put it out there. Don't you don't if you are like, oh, cool. Now that all the 26 issues are out, maybe I should go back and read it. You don't need to read this.
1: No. Well, I don't know. I sort of liked the idea because in this, the character of Mother um has built up an army not dissimilar to the Bat family and sort of brainwashed them into doing her bidding. And I think that the sort of core idea at, at the centre of this book is, like, was Bruce, like, justified in sort of bringing all of these children in to be his psychics? Which I think is, like, a fairly relevant question that every comic book fan's ever had. So I kind of like that they sort of address that in an interesting way um, and sort of get to a bit of a conclusion, you know, like, in the... <laughs> like in the end where um dick grayson goes you know you didn't make me robin i was headed down that path anyway and i was like no you weren't no <laughs> one was headed down that path it's a crazy thing to say but i like that they at least sort of
0: a path of vigilant vigilantism maybe yeah
1: maybe maybe um but i i didn't hate this i kind of enjoyed it it makes me want to go back and read it a little bit. I love the extended well, Bat family. Yeah,
0: well I do, I do too and I was excited that, you know, I I really like Cassandra Cain and I really mm. like Stephanie Brown, I know you don't, but no. I do. Um and so I was very excited that they um were going to be in this book again. So, and especially there is a new book launching as part of DC Rebirth that is absolutely going to this is it's almost a sequel to this comic. Yeah. Um, given that it's all about the supporting Batman characters. I mean, who the, you see everyone in this. You see Batwoman, Batgirl, um, Red Hood The Spoiler Cassandra Cain All four Robins um, There's well, uh, The Midnighter Papa The Midnighter The is in there for some reason um, it's, it's, it's insane how many How many Bat Bat family crew come through um, and, But they're all different iterations of these characters Like yeah I'm excited to see them in, in the comics again mm. After not, not having them for quite a few years now yeah, absolutely. But Cassandra Kane in particular. Mm. This is not, it's hashtag not my Cassandra Kane. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, have, it's all, I love Cassandra Kane. They've given her a new name in this series, like her new sort of code name, uh, which is Orphan. Well, no, she, it's, only, it's only given to her at the very end oh, of the Oh, given issue. her at the very yeah, end. Yeah. Well, I don't like it. Let's no. be frank. She's had some really terrible names since. Um, She gave up the Batgirl. She was Black Bat for a while. Yeah, she was Black Bat and now she's orphan, both of which kind of suck. Um, And I think it's always like she's a difficult character because she does have such a, like, difficult past. Is that what you had a problem with, the fact that she was responsible for killing another character's mother or was it just like the sort of... Well, that
0: kind of ties into, you know, her background Mm. anyway. Like she has a background kind of linked to crime for sure and and murder. She's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't like... I mean the few tiny bits of dialogue I just think her character didn't seem like the Cassandra yeah. Kane I remember. There was a, there were because there was like an there was an innocence to the character.
1: Yeah, the the brilliant thing about um and the reason why so many people really loved her was because she was this character who was brought to Batman as someone who couldn't talk, couldn't communicate with words or, you know, writing. She only could communicate with body language. So she was this incredibly vicious fighter and like amazing at that but didn't know how to sort of communicate with people emotionally. And she, as the book went on, that kind of developed and became this sort of amazing thing. You got to watch this sort of young woman finding herself, which is really lovely. Um, and then they sort of haven't really known what to do with her since then.
0: Sure. Um, I think, yeah, I guess it's, you know, you had those characters developing for so many years in, in, in DC Comics in the past and then to bring these beloved characters back but give them a story arc that... Makes them a superhero in just a handful of issues. I think that's where where I, I get lost and kind of like there's no depth to the character when you when you really really rush their origin and their you know yeah. why they are who they are.
1: I mean, is her origin now
0: yeah different? That's, that said, I don't know what the origin is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Look, look. If you wanted to see a, a, a page that has uh, Jean Paul Valley, um, Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Damian Wayne, Red Hood. Um, Catwoman, Batgirl, Batwoman, Black Canary, um, Talon and Midnighter, except the only person who says anything out of all those characters besides Dick is Midnighter, which is, I don't know. I was like, Oh wow, look at all these guys. And Then they, that's it. You just see them on that one page and then nothing happens for the, for them, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Amazing. Yeah.
1: No, midnight is great.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I, you're right. It wasn't terrible, but it but was, it wasn't it wasn't amazing. But that said, maybe we would have thought it was amazing if read all 26 issues.
1: <laughs> That's true. And I look forward to seeing how this team sort of works um, in the DC Rebirth universe. Yeah,
0: I look forward to actually because we've made the decision that when DC Rebirth happens, we are going to read every single new 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 issue that DC puts out. And I'm yep. looking forward to actually forcing myself to to find something to love about DC.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. Um, I should talk quickly um, I know you didn't read it But I'll talk about Omega Man Number oh 10 yeah, While we're ahead. talking about DC um, Omega Man is by uh, One of our favourite writers Tom King And um, Artwork. Newly
1: DC exclusive,
0: yeah, uh, which I'm bummed about because uh, my absolute favorite thing he's ever done so far is uh, his, his Vision comic.
1: Yeah, but we have to like balance it out a little bit. Marvel have everyone, come on.
0: I know. All right, you're right. That's right. That's the only way I'm going to learn to love DC <laughs> is if they actually have good writers. Um, Arts by Barnaby Bajenda. Um, so the Amiga Man is uh, a very, uh, very like kind of dark, but somehow also very fun and high sense of adventure kind of space opera. Um, mm-hmm. It's about uh, Alpha and Omega. About like you know the the entire, most of the the people in this book have gone with the alpha option, and then these guys are the omega option, and they represent change. And um, you know they aren't afraid to kill to get that change because of the horrible things that the people in power in the on these planets have done to get where they are. Um, It involves a kidnapped Kyle Rayner, but I feel like that's all I should tell you because it. Part of the fun of this book is just the the, the ride. There's two issues left of it. Um, and uh, issue 10 was a very, very satisfying uh, long spell, about, about kind of lasts for about a month. Um, you, you see a timeline of them being at war and um, the effects that that has on all the characters, especially Kyle Rayner, who's having to do some things that conflict with his beliefs as a White Lantern. Um Yeah, it's just really good. Kyle Rain is such a great character, as as, as we said last week. He's your your second favorite lantern. (laughs) Um, Of the
1: Earth lanterns. Oh shit! Let's be let's be (laughs) let's be totally clear.
0: Um, I'm actually very excited about um, reading all the lantern books with DC Rebirth because it's been so long since I've read any Green Lantern comics. Yeah,
1: I really fell off the Green Lantern books after Blackest Night, I think. But up until that point, I had like been enjoying. All of it so much When Jeff Johns um, Did Greenland Rebirth That was huge Yeah And all absolutely. of that stuff Was amazing
0: I loved the Green Lantern core Which is mm-hmm. why I like Pete Tomasi And um, Patrick Gleason so mm. much That was the first I ever saw of those guys And just thought That was such an awesome comic Yeah absolutely And Guy Gardner Everywhere he's the Yay, best
1: he's the
0: best one um, but I know that there's apparently been actually yeah, about really helpful if anyone has, has kept up with Green Lantern uh, through the New 52 and uh, can recommend something in particular for us to read mm. um, it's definitely a, a world I can't wait to revisit and, Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I know Tom King I, actually did some stuff in the Lantern world So,
1: oh yeah, wasn't he co-writing one of the Lantern
0: series I yeah I, I'd be pretty, pretty interested in going back and reading that so yeah hit, hit us up serious issues at kingscomics.com or find us at facebook.com slash serious issues podcast let us know which Green Lantern comics which should be reading. Oh boy! Should we I'm have-
1: definitely excited to read Omega Man and Trade, though.
0: Yeah, it's really, really cool. It's super dark and super hard to follow on a month-to-month basis. So you're always got to keep like the last issue, two issues beforehand. Mm. To uh to just remind yourself what happened. That's uh, like I need to
1: do that with every single. <laughs> more than anything,
0: though, like if DC could just please have a recap page in mm. when they when they um, relaunch, that would be so great.
1: I appreciate recap pages so much. I don't know why there's like, not what, more. What's of them? the
0: harm in them? Yeah, it's great. They're so important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a ton of recap stuff in uh, <laughs> the latest issue. The number the seventy fifth anniversary issue of Captain America. Um, this is written by Nick Spencer. Um, well, half of it was written by Nick Spencer. There's some uh, bonus stories at the end, um, and it ties into the standoff event, um, which is which Nick Spencer has written. Um, that involves the uh, Avengers universe and the Shield universe, uh, Captain America being a big part of that. Um, it was drawn half of the Nick Spencer story. This is gonna get pretty difficult to follow. Half of the Nick Spencer story was drawn by um, Angel Unzueta and Matt Yaki. Um, And they kind of draw the kind of intro to this story, which involves Falcon and Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. Winter Soldier, teaming up. I did not like their art at all.
1: No. It's very... Well,
0: actually, I liked everything except for Bucky. Bucky just looks so stupid in this.
1: I think everything looks a little bit stupid in it. It it, um, it looks very like La Rocca, who I don't... Dislike, but oh. needs to be coloured in like a very. We're going to talk about way. Larocca later. Yeah,
0: I, I had a revelation this week about Larocca. I had one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, i are looking forward to it. Hopefully, the same one. <laughs> um, so uh, then, the second part of this story, which is I guess the meat and bones of this of this issue, uh, drawn by Daniel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Acuna. I think it's Fuck. like some of his
1: best work, like just unbelievable. Every single panel is out of this world good.
0: Yeah. Akuna has done just so much great stuff at Marvel over the last few years, um, uh, in particular, um, all his stuff with Rick Remender, mm-hmm. and um, he was on the Un- Unc- Uncanny Uncanny X Force, yep. which
1: is um, one of my favorite superhero books of the last like ten years. I Definitely, think. such a classic. Remender's
0: best work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, this, this is just basically um, uh, spoilers, but um, uh, uh, about I don't know twenty issues two years ago, um, Captain America had his uh, super serum sucked from within him. And he is now; he has been an old man for the last uh, last. It feels like two years, I guess. Um, And there's a a massive event now called Standoff, which is about all of the bad guys that Shield have um, have caught in the last few years. They've put all the bad guys in this place called uh, Pleasant Hill, which is a construct made by Maria Hill and Shield, uh, powered by a cosmic cube. And the cosmic cube has chosen to show itself as the body of a Small girl Small girl Who is a character And um Look long story short It's a, it's a really I actually really liked this issue
1: Yeah I, I I did definitely enjoy it I've really been enjoying The Pleasant Hill Um Story I don't know Is that Is this what That has been leading up to I guess has it must been, have been I wonder but if then it, that's a little bit of a I wonder if alert.
0: Not that many people Have been reading the um, Captain America Um Nick run that Nick Spencer Has been doing So in Yeah apparently order to get- sales did decline <laughs> Um, and I feel bad that I, that I haven't been reading it because I, I, I really like Falcon I like yeah. Nick Spencer and has Acuna been doing the artwork and all of this in no, Taiwan? Oh, right. No,
1: but they have had someone really good on art right. I've been enjoying that series I'm not the hugest Nick Spencer fan but I definitely love the concept of Falcon as Captain America and I really, really liked the first couple of issues it's fallen off a little bit for me in the last couple but um, I definitely enjoyed this a lot
0: Yeah, I mean, that said, though, it's all about Steve. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's a great Steve Rogers comic. It's with some just absolutely knockout art. That that double page spread in the very middle of the comic is just Yeah,
1: extraordinarily beautiful. Like, Akuna has developed, like, even more over the last couple of years. Like, the facial expressions are so distinct and yeah. full of this There's a sketchiness to it. Like, it
0: reminds me a bit of, Mike Sean Phillips as well. Mm. He's probably my favorite artist ever.
1: And I don't know who does... I don't know if Acunion does his own colors because he has a very distinctive color palette, I think, generally, that's quite... And, like, style. Yeah, well, it, just, um, it, just,
0: it just credits him as the artist and there's no... Uh, just,
1: amazing, incredible yeah, work. I think it
0: must, all, must be all him. So great.
1: Yeah, really, really... A special issue, I think.
0: Yeah, um, and so yeah, now we, we uh, the, the Cosmic Cube Girl uh, gives Steve Rogers, the old man Steve Rogers, his 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 powers back, and he is now sexy young, Steve once more, young and sprightly again. Um, which means we are now going to have two Captain Americas.
2: Mm.
1: So
0: the Marvel Universe currently has two Spider spider-man yep. two Captain Americas, and one and a half Thor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one worthy Thor and one unworthy Thor. Um, I'm not mad at that, though. I think no. I, I think I love just absolute havoc within a comic book universe. I, I don't love, care. Just I love the pick, concept. Pick and choose what you want to read and just kind of, if, if something annoys you in the comic book world, just ignore it.
1: Yeah, that, if that's not your Spider-Man, then there's another one for you. Yeah. And I also love the concept of legacy within superhero comics. You know? mm. I like the idea of a, a title being handed down and... That kind of thing. So, that's pretty good fun.
0: That said, I did not love it when, uh, when there was Bucky and Steve as Captain America for that short amount of crossover.
1: Mm, yeah, that was
0: bad. It was like, no, no, you do these missions, I'll do these missions. But um, well, he was like a secret. It was like, no, that's right. Yeah, what? he was... He was just Steve Rogers. Yeah. Oh, anyway, That was a confusing time.
2: Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, after this uh, massive issue, um, because it's the 75th anniversary of Captain America... Uh, happy birthday, Steve Rogers. Um, we've got three backup stories, um, that, and it's an incredible roster of um, creators. The first uh, story is called Presentation and uh, is written by Joss Whedon, a.k.a. creator of Buffy, director of the Avengers movies.
1: You um, know who he is.
0: And uh, John Cassidy on art. Uh, those two teamed up together for Astonishing X-Men, mm. one of the greatest runs of uh, the, the early 2000s. Absolutely. Um, then we've got Tim Sale Most famous for his work With Jeff Loeb On um, Batman The Long Holy Halloween And um, all well, the, the
1: colour books At Marvel Hulk Grey And all those ones And most
0: recently um, Captain America White Yep um, They teamed up um, and So he does He writes and, and draws A very very simple And sweet story mm, um, And
1: Tim Sale Still just got it though Like I loved that That uh, double page Spread Where you watch You follow sort of Steve's Progress through the Hydra base. Yeah. Just really amazing.
0: And um, uh, then the final story, and that's the one I probably enjoyed the most, um, is by someone that I don't think you've ever really seen uh, write for Captain America before. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Mm. Um, Greg Rucker teaming up with Mike Perkins. And Mike Perkins drew a lot of um, Ed Brubaker's Captain America run. Mm. Um, This is a really great story about one of my favorite friendships in the Marvel Universe, and that is between Captain America and Black Widow and Mm -hmm. it's about them going to a ballet performance and guess who the ballerina is? It's Black Widow.
1: She's so good at ballet and fighting.
0: Um, And uh, ends with a really, really great line about fighting and doing ballet. She says, um, Captain America says, you dance the way you fight. And then she says, no, I fight the way I dance. That's why they taught me ballet in the first place.
1: Nice. I like that. I like that you get like a little bit of Black Widow inserted into a Captain America 75th anniversary.
0: That was like, if I had to choose like one of my favorite like probably the most, my absolute favourite thing from, from the last few Marvel movies. Mm. That awesome, uh, all of Black Widow scenes in Captain America 2 Winter Soldier. Yeah, amazing. I, and then I was just watched them just so frustrated that she hasn't got her own movie yet.
1: When will it happen, Marvel? Um, but also the, the Joss Whedon story was like in typical Joss Whedon style, quite sort of uh, sentimental, but I did enjoy it a lot and I love um, John Cassidy. So it's always nice to see them working together again.
0: Yeah, look, uh, this is a, this issue is only for for an issue that was probably more than double a regular issue. It's only mm. five ninety nine, so mm. not a massive hike in price, and definitely worth it if you love Cap. Cool. Yeah. Should we move on to uh, chapter thirty five of Saga?
1: Woo!
0: Um, I'm sure you know what Saga is. Written by um, Brian K. Vaughan, drawn by Fiona Staples. Um, Classic. Notice that uh, Fiona (laughs) Staples is first. Yeah, I know. I just noticed that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So this is a very ongoing. I guess you'd call this a space opera as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's how it's largely defined. It started off as a very uh, small seeming story about a family and has expanded across this whole um, really interesting space world. Um, and I'm I'm still loving it, still loving every issue.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, uh, like, you know, it's a, it's a slower story than it used to be. Um, yeah. Which I'm perfectly okay with. You know, it's like he's... You don't get the incredible thrills and, and, and like, you know, knockout cliffhangers of the yeah. first few books, but it's still, like, a great ride. You love these characters. You know who they are. And, like, the trust is there with the creators to do a great story and do what's right for the story. So... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I, I think we don't need to talk about any of the story, to be honest, because if, if, I know a lot of people read this in trade, and I don't want to spoil any of it. But um, this is the penultimate issue before they take another break after issue thirty-six, and um, I I don't have much idea of, of what, they gonna, what they're going to what they're going to do in this last issue. But they always fuck with your emotions at some point, and I'm just praying for Goose, yeah, the w- little white seal,
1: save Goose. I am, yeah, there's a lot in this issue that made me anxious about the next issue. I think that, um, I'm so, I'm so anxious for Hazel. I have such like genuine, I feel, maternal protective feelings about Hazel.
0: Well, I mean, because it is narrated by Hazel, Mm. that gives me like faith that both she and her parents are fine throughout all of this. But, you know, I have such love for so many of the other characters that you don't know whether they're safe.
1: Yeah, I love, I love Clara, the grandmother, and, Brian K. Vaughan is, like, more than Joss Whedon, the king of, like, gut-punch deaths in <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> comics, you know? Absolutely. Like, he will break your heart. So I am, yeah, anxious.
0: It's the first comic I ever cried in was the final issue of Why the Last Man.
1: So heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, I just still can't believe he did that. Like, an amazing finish, but just one of, like, the most, like, yeah. heart-wrenching moments in comics.
0: Absolutely. Um, let's move over to Darth Vader. Number 18. Um, and we can finally, we can reveal our LaRocca epiphany.
1: Yeah. My epiphany. About, Did you
0: say revelation earlier? Uh, revelation or epiphany? I have epiphany? no idea. But they, but they mean the same thing.
1: <laughs> um, I realized that LaRocca is incredible for like tech and like spaceships and that kind of thing. And that's why he was so great on Iron Man for so long. But faces and people, eh, it's not his strong suit, you know? I'd, I'd love to see him do like a full like, just mecca.
0: No, so this is the complete opposite for me. Oh, I really? did not like his work, especially on the faces in Iron Man and review. I-, I always kind of thought of him as quite a rough artist. So when this Darth Vader series launched, I was like, ah, oh, I'm kind of sick of Karen Gillan. Cause I was reading all his creator and mm. stuff at the time. Um, and I've, you know, LaRocca's was his name Salvador LaRocca. Mm-hmm. He's never done anything for me really. So I'll give this one a skip. So I've caught up on a stack of Darth Vader in the last few weeks this latest arc is it's a lot of fun mm. like i said all these star wars comics they're not groundbreaking in any way they're just very very fun adventure comics yeah um but in particular like the biggest thing that i got from this was like LaRocca's an amazing artist mm. i actually really love his face work in this special <laughs> stuff and like his, his humans in this i just they're, and like
1: he's an awesome storyteller i think like i i had also issues with his iron man run but i read it the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, likewise. I, such a great it. run. Mm.
0: But I definitely thought I loved it because of Fraction, not because of the Roca. Mm. But no, I think I just, yeah, I, I think I, I put this on par with, um, almost on par with Stuart Nimmin and Star Wars stuff, just as far as just like, you know, nailing the, I mean, it helps that the, the most recognisable character that he has to draw every time is wearing <laughs> a helmet. Um, that, that's where, that, that's what loses you the most in the Star Wars books, is that... Um,
1: yeah, when, they, when the likeness isn't quite right, it's a little bit disconcerting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I'm um, not. I mean, again, like I, I feel like criticism of, of the of the story and stuff is unlike they're, they're far from bad. They're not. Mm. They're not. They're not incredible stories. But it's just like the fact that they're not writing bad stuff. I feel like is commendable.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The fact that you like it's very rare to see um, comic books taken from like established properties that hold up. You know, like, a lot of the time it'll just be really disappointing.
0: Especially when they introduce so many, like, new characters mm, and stuff like absolutely. that. Absolutely. I, I love think that- the, the evil versions of R2-D2 and C-3PO.
1: Yeah, they are hilarious. I really especially love the evil version of R2-D2. What's his name? I can't remember. Uh, I think it's,
0: like, uh, uh, DT. Or yeah, B- BT. BT, or,
1: BT. Yeah, amazing.
0: Um, and the uh, evil C three PO, who is black with red eyes, um, has a very hilarious um, <laughs> moment in this where he suggests that um, he Darth Vader help him make an... like is that like at the, the crux time of a battle like there yeah. couldn't be more time couldn't be more of an ish, of, a, of the essence, and he suggests that they create an engine that harvests human blood. <laughs> And then so I love
1: it Because he's like Just as annoying as C-3PO Yeah absolutely
0: But he's just evil And, hate, yeah. and hates humanity It's amazing Very fun Great um, idea Super fun I love the Star Wars books They're just They're fun
1: mm, I agree
0: um, Yeah great um, Is this the last The last issue That we're talking about This mm-hmm. week um, You didn't read it I did um, We mentioned him earlier In the, in the episode Rick Remender um, And Mateo Scalera's Black Science Number 21 This was the Part 5 of 5 Of the most recent arc God World um i've been reading this since the start um and rick remender in quite close uh proximity to each other released three creator-owned projects on image um they were first was black science then it was daily class which is about a school for assassins and finally it was low which is about uh, life underwater in a world without air Mm -hmm. um and uh I read all of them And they were all pretty good And I started to get quite fatigued Because I was also reading All of his Marvel stuff at the time
1: It's a lot of Remanda.
0: Um And Axis in particular Which is an event that he helmed Was just the most Awful piece of shit ever mm. um, So I kind of like Had this Almost like Bit of a like Oh god I've got to read All the comics this week But I persisted And um, Deadly Class started out As my favourite of those three And um, Low was my least favourite And now Low is probably my favourite Deadly Class is my least favourite But Black Science is really, really great. Mm. Um, The peak of my fatigue actually happened when um, his comic with uh, Tokyo Ghost. um, Who's that drawn by again? Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy came out and I read the first issue and I was like, no, I can't take on another book if I recommend it. But you tell me that it's quite good.
1: I really like Tokyo Ghost. Tokyo Ghost, for some reason, gets a really bad rap in the comic book shop but um i love it i love sean murphy it just it's looks like bit, it's a bit silly yeah. you know like no one's like it just no looks like it looks that. like an energy drink it does <laughs> a little
0: bit hard. um but black science this, this the, it's followed uh the the misadventures tragic misadventures of uh a um scientist called grant mckay Mackay, um and his family as they um foolishly go from dimension to dimension using a device that grant um invented uh lots of terrible things happened in the issues leading up to this arc, but this arc has been about him stepping up and trying to right his wrongs. And this is a, probably the most satisfying ending to any arc that, that in any of these new books that, that um, Rick Remender started writing um, it kind of puts forward an amazing, uh, amazing. What if like, what if uh, a, ver- what if someone you knew went to another dimension, found that, the the same version of of themselves that was living a better life and killed them and took their place. Classic. If you found that out, what would you do? And so it's just, yeah, it's just such a a unique kind of, uh, almost a detective story at Mm. some points. And yeah, just, has me really really excited for this book coming back and i love because at, a, at a, for a moment all of his creator own stuff was just about these hopeless wrecks of characters that couldn't do anything right and mm. the stories just got progressively more and more like oh no they're not again yep um and obviously things are far more high stakes when you're going from dimension to dimension and aliens are killing everybody you know and love so it was quite frustrating to read this guy just continually fucking up <laughs> but I love this. You know, he's still not doing everything right, but he's at least he has the willpower to try and do things well. And um, of course, Matteo Scalera is one of the greatest artists ever, especially when he's drawing crazy things in space. And
1: yeah, just, the art is beautiful. Yeah, um, one that I wanted to talk about quickly, just to finish off, is my uh, sort of indie trade of the week. Um, it's called Golem. Now, um, I've just picked this up because I thought the cover was extremely interesting. And if you like pretty books, this will look beautiful on your shelf. It's got a really, really nice um, dust jacket, really cool cover. Um, Quite sort of manga anime style art.
0: Yeah, when you showed me, when that was sitting on the table as I got here, I just thought it was another manga. Another manga, yet again. (laughs) You should call yourself (laughs) CMBG. Yep. Manga Manga Book Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: But it's actually um, by an Italian artist. Writer called Lorenzo Chikachakchadi Kitchock- <laughs> nailed, <it>. nailed it. <laughs> um, ten out of ten. We should
0: just have like a like a um, like a, a game show like ding whenever okay. we pronounce the name so people know that we correct, pronounce it correctly
1: and that's how you should pronounce it. Um, but he calls himself L R N Z all in capitals. There you go. Um, but it's a really interesting near future sci-fi book set in um, you know. Italy of the future, which is entrenched in this culture of sort of hyper capitalism. So everything is advertised to you as you go, as you brush your teeth, A sign comes up on your mirror that says, you have now used this toothbrush, would you like to order another one? And you click on the mirror and it sends you another one. So it's that level of um, capitalism. And the society is controlled by a sort of shadow cabinet of four major um, corporations. And so it's all about this young boy called Steno, who is kidnapped during a political protest by some so-called terrorist terrorists, but then Ding. obviously soon finds out that things are um, not as they seem. It's really, really incredible, really beautiful lines, great coloring. There's, um, the main story is split up with these really beautiful dream sequences, which are done in this really incredible sort of painterly style. He's clearly an artist with you know a huge range of what he can do. Um, If you like really interesting sci-fi, political commentary, um, beautiful manga-influenced European art, I really highly recommend it.
0: And the colours in particular just really jump out of control.
1: And it's got a lot of, like, it's a book sort of filled to the brim with symbolism and it'd be one that would really um, hold up to repeated reading. So check it out if that sounds like your sort of thing.
0: Is this a a standalone graphic novel? Yep,
1: just standalone graphic novel, which um, I enjoy more and more these days, you know, like... There's enough long-form to- long storytelling in comics. Sometimes it's nice just to get a, like, Definitely. one and done. So Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, so, every comic that we talked about this week is available at King's Comics.
1: Yeah. 310 Pitt Street, Sydney. Um, and also at kingscomics.com. You can order everything online as well.
0: Amazing. Um, let's talk about the comics coming out next week because... Or this week, actually. Mm. These are the comics that you can get this Thursday that we highly recommend. Um First thing I want to talk about is the latest... Well, the first number one of Black Panther we've had in a long while. Black mm. Panther number one with new creative team. This is the last of the Marvel kind of all new, all different books to launch, I think. Um, one, of the, one of the very like, final mm. ones. Um, who's the creative team on this one?
1: So, this is being written by MacArthur Genius and National Book Award winner, Tanishi Coates. I thought who- you were going to say his name
0: was MacArthur Genius. I'm like, wow! <laughs> That's so cool! <laughs>
1: um... But he's obviously, like, a really um, prolific essayist and um, novelist. Um, He's an African-American man, writes a lot about sort of contemporary um, issues in America. And I am super excited to see him writing um, a superhero book, especially Black Panther. I think that he's, like, an incredible writer who clearly has a lot of affection for the sort of superhero world. Um, And I think this is going to be really cool. And we've got art by Brian Stelfreeze, who is... um, someone who's been working in comics for a really, really long time, also an African-American man, which is um, really cool to see Marvel sort of increasing diversity on in their books, especially for like um, iconic African characters. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Um, I Black Panther is one of the characters that I love so much whenever I see him in, a, mm. in an Avengers book, especially in Hickman's Avengers and Fantastic Four. Um, but it's very rare to find a really great solo Black Panther title. Jason Aaron did a really short run during... Uh, what was the one with there were uh, secret invasion? Wow. Really, yeah, and it was called like see Wakanda and die. It was really fun. It was very very cool. dark and, and gritty, but it was it was really really cool um, yeah. comic. But uh, you know, every every other thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read this Black Panther comic. Um, it's very just dated. he's not a
1: character who's been like done right in the past. You, know? uh, you could
0: argue that the the, the first the, like the stuff dating back to the 60s, even though it is you know almost borderline black exploitation, mm. like it's very iconic still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that, that that some of those are some of Grant Morrison's favorite favorite comics. I remember reading that ages ago, so I tracked down all those this run from ages ago, oh, and I was like, it. "Oh, it is pretty cool, I guess." <laughs> it's like quite zany and yeah, over yeah. The top. yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I'm like, I'm really excited about this because I don't know that much about sort of Black Panther and the world of Wakanda, but I really love it. I love that there's this sort of hyper um, advanced society in Africa. I think that it's really um, super interesting, and I'm excited to hear more about. More about him
0: Yeah, I mean, the history has not Well, the last 10 years has not been very kind to Black Panther mm. um, As far as a character Because he is no longer the king of Wakanda He got he's,
1: divorced from Storm, which has got to suck
0: And he's, he's, he, he's the, I think Hickman remaining the king of the dead
1: Yeah, something like that
0: um, But I think the other king got killed So I don't know what, I don't, I'm very curious to know where, where Black Panther is now in, Yeah,
1: uh, what's his royal status now?
0: Looking forward to finding that out.
1: Mm, absolutely.
0: Um, we've also got... Actually, Marvel's having a massive week this week. Um, we've got Empress, which is a new comic um, by written by Mark Millar and drawn by Stuart Immonen, which is a very exciting creative team to be working mm. together. Um, it's coming out on a very seldom-used um, imprint that Marvel have for the creator-owned stuff called Icon. Icon is where um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' Criminal series first came out, uh, and uh, various uh, Bender stuff did as well.
1: Yeah, it's where Marvel generally do their sort of... More adult line, you know, yeah. like that's where the Jessica Jones series started. No, that, was, that was Max. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, fucking ignore me then. <laughs> but um, Powers, things like that. that yeah,
0: yeah. Accurate. Matt Fraction, Gabrielle Barr and Fabio Moon's Casanova, mm. which is an incredibly out there, wild space series. Um, really, really fun, and uh, probably like, like, yeah, one of the one of the best titles on Icon, along with Criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's I they don't really put that much out through Icon anymore. I think Bendis mm. had a series out last year. Couple series. I think Bendis is the only person that puts out Icon Comics these days. But um, this new one by Mark Millar, who hasn't done anything for Marvel in a long while. Mm. Actually, Icon is most famous for putting out Hit Girl and, um, oh, yeah. and Kick-Ass. Kick That's the series. And a lot of my, um, Mark Millar's stuff. Um,
1: All that really sort of ultra-violent stuff that Mark Millar was doing like five, six years ago.
0: Yes, which I didn't like one bit. And I, for Neat a while, up. I thought Mark Millar was trash. And, um mm. He's had a. I refer to it as a Malarecence earlier, mm. and Sh- Siobhan said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> um, but all of his books on image since uh, uh, what's it called? Jupiter's something. Jupiter Circle. Jupiter Circle. Yeah. I was so going to th-
1: say Jupiter Ascending, but that's definitely that <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, yeah. Um
0: Everything since then he's done has been like either very good to very very great. Yeah. Um,
1: I I was like like king of the I hate Mark Malare fan club because i was just like over his gross like exploitationy ultra violence um but then i've had to totally like eat my words because i've really enjoyed uh, almost everything that he's put out through image recently
0: yeah absolutely um but uh so this one's out through icon it's a it's about like it's set 65 million years ago on the same earth that we record this podcast on today um and it's about a uh like a what is it, the, the wife of a galactic dictator who makes the decision to take her three kids and leave her evil husband with the aid of her bodyguard. And uh, it sounds really, really fun. And mm. of course, imminent on art just means it's going to be very, very beautiful. Yeah,
1: I am, I am not convinced yet of Mark Millar's ability to write women sure. in a way that's not like at least 50% offensive. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing this um, and see how he writes a mother of three.
0: Um, and, uh, on that note, I, I got the new previews magazine last week and they gave a little flash forward of what the first issue of the return to Frank quietly, return of Frank quietly to Jupiter's circle is going to be. And, um, holy shit. It just looks so cool.
1: I need to catch up on that.
0: Um, well, I haven't read any of the spin off series, which kind of is set earlier with different artists on it that he kind of put the But I've heard interim. that's really great, yeah, especially yeah.
1: the stuff that's set in the sort of. Previous era, apparently that's supposed to be amazing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost like his Watchmen series. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that coming back. Um, we've also got um, The Fix, which is a new crime comedy series by Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber, who um, year before last started a series, a series. Sorry, started a comic called Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which was super funny, really, really fun. Basically, about a bunch of like sealess Spider-Man villains teaming up to become the new Sinister Six, except there are only five of them. Um, yeah, it was just. Just a really, really fun comic with, like, just great visual flair and mm. in-jokes. And it was just, yeah, how, how a comic superhero comedy should be, even though it was more of a crime comedy, which is what this comic book absolutely is. So I'm, mm. I'm really looking forward to this. Deep Leaver's art just looks unbelievable on it.
1: Yeah,
0: awesome. Um, we've also got Poe Dameron, number one. Ooh, something the s-
1: for the ladies and <laughs> men.
0: <laughs> but uh, Poe Dameron, of course, being the... Uh, The rebel pilot from um, The Force Awakens, um, played by Oscar Isaacs. My boyfriend. uh, Your BF. Um, And this one's drawn by Charles Sewell, who wrote the Great Lando series that I really liked last Mm -hmm. year. And uh, drawn by Phil Noto, who um, did the My other boyfriend. Oh, really? Not really.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's so many boyfriends now. Um, Is is
0: Is Phil Noto, he's a great artist, but is he hot? I have no idea. I just <laughs> I, would, I would date him for his art. <laughs> if Phil Noto is hot, send us an email. Kings Comics. <laughs> send us, send us
1: your pictures of Phil Noto and I can decide whether he's my new boyfriend.
0: Serious issues at kingscomics.com. <laughs> Phil Noto, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we've also got another one which I'm dubious about, but I'm really, really loving. Spider Woman at the moment. There's a Spider Women book coming mm. out, which is a team-up book between Spider Woman, Silk, and uh spider gwen
1: which is cool i love all those characters and i think silk is a really underrated comic i really highly recommend checking out silk
0: i will do my best to try and catch up so we can review the issues together yeah, it's a good point. but yeah massive week for marvel this week um mm. and uh yeah obviously there's uh while they launch a bunch of new ones uh, DC are wrapping up a bunch of their old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there looks to be a pretty okay standalone issue of Detective Comics number 51 out this week, which we might pick up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, And uh, of course, our beloved Archie series is back this week too.
1: Yeah, and super excitingly, finally, Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman Earth One oh, fuck, is coming out. Which this has been in development for what feels like four or five years, yeah. I think it was announced.
0: Greg Rucker was meant to be writing it. Um, yep. And uh, I heard that that was why he left DC Was because they gave it to Grant Morrison But he's, not, he's now back at DC And actually so going to be writing the regular Wonder, Wonder Woman series So mm. he got his wish, kind of um,
1: uh, So this is a standalone um, graphic novel In the Earth One series Which DC have been putting out Which sort of retells the origins of your faves So it's like a younger Superman and a younger Batman And
0: it's a bit more grounded in um, mm. the world um, I love Batman, Earth, Earth One um, The first book the second book was okay um, I've heard that the Superman books are terrible And that the Teen Titans book is okay
1: Oh, I really enjoyed the Teen Titans Okay, one. good. That's cause... the only one I've read um, right. But it was a total retelling of the story Really interesting character designs Loved it Absolutely loved it um, And this has art by Yannick Paquette Who we spoke about last week And I am hugely excited for this. I think Grant Morrison, like Grant Morrison's obviously one of my favorite writers, but he's also got um, some really interesting ideas about Wonder Woman. He's very interested in the sort of classic William, um, what's his name, William Marston or whatever, the guy who created Wonder Woman, (laughs) Um, all that sort of.
0: Uh, her history is almost exactly like like ultra feminist
1: domineering dominatrixy kind of stuff which a lot of people are like oh i don't know about that but i'm i'm personally very excited to see what Grant morrison does
0: yeah, absolutely. And we we spoke last week about his work on claws and when he really, really loves a character. Yeah. Grant Morrison fucking loves Santa. Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, also loves Wonder Woman. So I mean, I hope hopefully this is going to be one of those we've, we've talked very. Yeah. Uh, sentimental Grant Morrison books are the best. So. But
1: he's also said like I've read a lot of interviews with him about this book, and he's said that he hates how Wonder Woman. It's it's become a thing that Wonder Woman can't be, like can't be sexy in a way that's sort of um, empowering. Not, not so much empowering, but like it's always about the male gaze. It's less to do with like her acting upon it. Sure. And, um, you know, she's not allowed to like have romantic relationships and she's not allowed to have kind of sexy fun relationships. And so I'm really excited to see him sort of tackle those kinds of elements of Diana's personality.
0: Sexy, fun, Wonder Woman. The Wonder Woman we deserve.
1: We can hope.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. Uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, and again, all the comics that we talked about this week are available at King's Comics. If uh, any of the comics that we talked about coming out this week uh, pique your interest at all, you should definitely get a standing order going and so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. Absolutely. Um Shoot us an email if you have uh, any feedback or any ideas for a future show. We'd love to hear from you. Serious Issues at kingscomics.com.
2: Thanks, guys.
3: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.